We are doing our worst. I'm your host, Michael Liptak, with my beautiful wife, Adriana Liptak, on this Sunday morning as we get this episode put together. I thought we were going to kind of get this episode, you know, shoot a little bit earlier, but apparently I'm married to a girl and it takes a while to get ready. You're married to a woman, babe. A woman. well, it I thought time. women can move, right? I thought women were more prepared than men because, you know, the whole thing is men are always unprepared. We're disorganized, right? And you have over three hours yes. to get ready. And disorganized, yes. But the rest, that's a myth, babe. I'm breaking your bubble right now. I'm bursting your bubble right now. No, we take, we still take forever, even as we get older. And these are the things that I have to deal with every time we try to go somewhere. And so this is why I have short hair because I'm losing my hair. But so we're going to talk about a little bit today. We over the past week, we watched the documentary of Selena Gomez, My Mind and Me. And it was a documentary talking about her mental health and the struggles that she essentially has gone through over the last few years and uh just adriana what did you kind of make of what you saw in the documentary about selena gomez i loved it i thought you know like most documentaries or at least yeah most of them especially about women they're usually painted in like a pretty light like you know the woman's always you know I don't know, like she she was very raw in the documentary. She wasn't afraid to show like her, you know, what some would say, like some of her weakest moments. And like, I thought that was so real and relatable because like as women, we're not always put together. We're not always, you know, um, happy and cheery and everything's perfect, you know. It's, and I thought it was beautiful, especially the fact that like she was kind of bitchy, you know, and I loved it because like, I feel like women were kind of supposed to be nice and, you know, and outgoing and, you know, and, and it's nice to see like, oh, it's okay to be a bitch. It's okay to have bad moments and, you know, like not so pretty moments and it's normal. So I, I thought it normalized a lot of things for me. What did you think about it? Well, one of the parts here, you know, spoiler in case you're really wanting to watch it maybe turn off podcast now but one of the parts that i thought was really interesting was it was at the beginning of the podcast and it uh documented at the start of i think it was 2016 when she was about to go out on tour and she's getting ready to go out on tour and she's going through rehearsals and she goes through the rehearsals and she goes through some of the wardrobe and then it goes back to uh, backstage where then she just starts tearing everything down where she just doesn't feel like everything's perfect. And it was so relatable in the sense, because at least for me, where I look at things, anything that I do, I always feel like there's something that could be better. And I think that is something that was such a relatable moment because You know, and as you kind of talked about with women and the expectations of being put together 
and how you're supposed to essentially act. And I think we all, I think, in a way, struggle sometimes with how we're viewed by, you know, our presentation. We want to be perfect, right? We're in this social media age where we have all these different filters where we can make pictures look perfect, where we can take the highlights of our life and show that everything's perfect when it's not. And so I thought that was something that was really interesting about um, seeing that first part of the documentary because it then, I think, showed more about how when we look at people that are celebrities or uh, athletes, whatever it might it might be, we always think that they're perfect and they have this, you know, strong mentality and, and they do because it, it takes a certain mentality to get to the top where they are, but they then struggle with the same issues that we do. Yeah, I would agree to that. I, I thought that moment was really relatable as well. I had to like kind of hold back my tears because man, there's a few moments during that documentary where it's like holy cow that's you know it's relatable in so many ways and yeah you know we're all striving to be at least the best version of ourselves and you know I think if we could just normalize like not being okay just like our podcast we're doing our worst that was kind of like the whole reason why we named it that because we're just two people just, you know, we're trying to do our best, but unfortunately, we're still doing our worst, you know, and, and we're always striving to be better. So yeah, I thought it was so relatable. I recommend for people to watch it, you know, it was interesting. And kind of getting back into a little bit more about us, Adriana, when we were sitting down the other night, and you were feeling stressed about work, right? And you were feeling just, you know, you're that confidence, right? Where sometimes, like when for us, I think me and you both, we're people that are, we're really in our head. And so, you know, what were you kind of going through a little bit on the other night when we were having that discussion? I think... Me personally, when it comes to work and just things that I put effort into, I I give I try to give my all to stuff, you know, work, whatever it is. I, I try to give my all. And I think there's, you know, without without giving too much detail about what I do or what I work for, what I, you know, um, there's been kind of some, I don't know, I guess scrutiny about the way I work and how I'm working and it I didn't realize that it actually was getting to me usually I, I'm pretty well which I'm pretty good with stress and you know being under pressure but I think or at least I've always I've always been that way but I think having like a partner where I can actually like tell them how I feel you know it kind of made me realize like oh shit I don't have it all together. I I do handle stress well, but I also am human and it affects me too. So I think, you know, again, I, I try to give my best effort in whatever I do just because I'm somebody where I like to like lay low and do my work and, you know, go home and enjoy life, you know? Um, 
so yeah, it was it was kind of affecting me because I, I do like to do my best, and um, I just have been in a position where my work is kind of being examined and picked apart, and you know, so it, it's been kind of tough. But it's unfortunately it's part of life, and and that's the interesting part with you and me that we put so much pressure on ourselves to obviously do well we want to as we had in that discussion we talked a little bit about us being people pleaser and i think kind of going back a little bit tying into uh what we saw with uh selena gomez and her documentary it's that mentality of you know wanting to please people because it's not necessarily that how much you care about what people think but at the same time, it is because you obviously want to have a perception of, say, for you, for example, how you're doing with your work. And we want to do well. And so I think that's like something that I think a lot of people struggle with, where it's just trying to always maintain or at least want that perfection. And so then how that then becomes a thing that then puts so much stress on you where then it does start to affect your work, where maybe it wouldn't have affected your work before without that stress. And it's interesting because anytime, you know, we do get coaching, it it's not it's never personal, especially exactly. if we're at work and unless obviously someone calls you, you know, a dumbass or, you know, whatever <laughs> the fuck it might be, then okay, you're gonna take it a different way. But at the same time, if they're just criticizing work or criticizing certain things within the procedures, it's then, okay, understanding, like, sure, I messed up, but then it's trying to get better. And, exactly. And exactly. I think a lot of people, they struggle with, I think, trying to come back from that criticism because we're in such a, I think we're in a world now where we're really into that. Uh, positive reinforcement where if we're too negative on people then it's just going to have a complete you know 180 on them and so i think that's kind of interesting how times have gone because you know we remember the days even just when we'd be in gym class when we were in elementary school where we'd have you know our pe teachers like come on come on come on you could do better come on hurry but you know now if you know, you were going to be criticized, people break down. And so it's interesting how, you know, criticism can kind of affect people. And, but with, I think the mindset of how do you not let it get to you? And for you, Adrian, how do you kind of not let things get to you as much, or at least how do you process it to then come out on the other side? I think you said it earlier, and it's something I want to say the past year or so I've been trying to live by, is that it's not personal. Most things are not personal, you know, and, and that's one thing I think that helps me the most is like realizing, okay, they're, they're you know, criticizing my work. They're trying to get me to be better. It's not personal. You know, it's rarely ever personal, and that's something I live by. Um, I think kind of like you touched on, you know, for me, I think I, I've, as when I was younger, I was pretty big on people pleasing. 
And as I've gotten older, I've realized that like, I don't want to be a people pleaser anymore. Or at least, you know, if I want to please people, I want it to be genuine and from my heart, not because I essentially have to. And, you know, it's unfortunately part of our work culture in America and probably in most places in the world where, you know, we're working to please our bosses constantly trying to work to please our bosses. And, you know, naturally I'm that way, but I feel like, what about me? What about pleasing me? What about, you know, maybe it's something that I've realized as I've gotten older, but like, I don't know. Do you ever feel like you put other people before yourself? I think I I do because, um, I enjoy seeing people happy. I love trying to make people happy. And if you you know, know me a little bit, you know, you see that I'm always trying to get people together, trying to have fun. And I'm usually, you know, kind of loose in certain situations, telling jokes. And sometimes if, you know, I might be kind of that dickhead that might be making jokes or, um, you know, if I You're see. definitely a dickhead. And, well, you know, if I see you, you know, for example, when Adrian was getting ready, it looked like she was wearing one of the masks from White Chicks. And so, you know, it's like if I see something, I'm going to call it out. And some people, <laughs> you know, might, you know, get a little hurt by it. But I just come from, uh, at least for me, if I love you, I'm going to talk shit to you. If I don't, then I'm probably, you know, extremely soft and nice with you. And so then that's how you know you've kind of taken it a little bit further in a friendship relationship with me is if I'm talking shit to you or talking shit about something and just, you know, being loose. But I think going into the you know view on uh, how people perceive me and trying to please others, I think it's something that it's, I think, kind of ties into you know, for I think a lot of people, that view of people wanting them to see them as perfect and not seeing the flaws within the person. And so, you know, when you put that pressure on yourself, you stress out and you're more actually in your head about things. And we saw with, you know, Selena Gomez and her documentary where, you know, she was just constantly criticizing man i look so stupid in these outfits i look you know this look i look like a little kid in uh the you know stage and just criticizing everything because it's going to be a reflection of her and so then we you know, look at you know more nine to five job type people where you know we we have such pressure on ourselves to continue to you know, maintain a certain level because we want to make sure we can provide for our families, be able to provide for ourselves. And so then it's a, it's a constant stress that we all have to try to deal with. And it was interesting just seeing how she was able to kind of go through some of it. And then, um, you know, we saw that, you know, she struggled with lupus and, then had to you know have the kidney transplant and she was just going through uh a time where um she was really i think trying to discover her own body and her own mental health and i think that's something that 
in today's world is I think is a good thing that's becoming more prominent is people paying more attention to their mental health because you know for so long we would always see or hear the whole old saying just suck it up you know rub some dirt on it you know stop crying right that those yeah. are the things that we would normally hear if someone's stressing out about something or uh stressing out about a situation at work school uh you're playing sports you, know, you get hurt and it's just suck it up right but i think we're in such a an age now where i think it's such a good thing that people are being more aware about their mental health because you know it could lead to a lot of you know unfortunately bad things it can lead you down the wrong path it could lead you to trying to find different ways to deal with it whether it could be using drugs or alcohol and so, you know, the fact that you're eight, a lot of people now are being more aware about what's happening with their own mental health, I think is such an important thing in today's society. Do you think mental health has affected you or how have you had any mental health struggles? Well, I think everyone kind of deals with their own mental health in certain ways. And, you know, currently I've been, you know, for essentially it feels like you know, four years now, I've been trying to get back on track with, you know, where I want to be uh, professionally, as far as what I'm doing for work. And uh, for those that, you know, don't know, uh, 2018, um, lost my mom to pancreatic cancer. I was working for the NJAA, the second largest collegiate athletic association in the United States. And uh, I was working in the communications department and uh, they, you know, around that time were relocating to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I decided to, in the meantime, stay, you know, to be with my family and help, you know, try to be with my mom during this time. And so then it, you know, kind of forced me to uh, start reevaluating what I want to do for a career. And so it took about a year till I finally was then kind of, uh, you know, I was working at a bookstore doing, you know, basic office things. And then finally kind of went into, you know, dipped into trying to see if I want to be a teacher. And so then that didn't pan out. And um, so it, it's been something that's been really, um, it's been a challenge because, you know, I graduated with degree in mass communications and I had maybe a year and a half you know, close to two years of experience in communications. And to want to stay in Pueblo, Pueblo, Colorado, where we are, um, I had to think about, okay, well, I don't necessarily think communications is something that's very big in Pueblo, or at least with someone with such entry-level experience. There's not, you know, jobs hanging off the wall, unless you want to drive up to Springs every day. And I did that for you know over almost two years and commuting is not very fun and so you know the past you know four years i've been i've been struggling with trying to find what i want or, or trying to be into something that at least you know i can you know make a, a a decent living make a decent living for me and my wife and uh so that, that's been a, a struggle because it's just like man you know i some 
Daniel would sometimes one small thing about man, what if I actually you know left with NJ Stolek? You know, where could I be? But then at the same time, too, you start sitting back and thinking, well, I wouldn't have met my beautiful wife, Adriana, probably. And so oh. then you start thinking about all the things that, you know, happen for a reason and you struggle. And but at the same time, too, those struggles will make you stronger, make you smarter. And all the things that I've kind of tipped my toes in for a work, it's just going to make me a better worker. It's going to be more knowledgeable in different areas. And um, now I'm going to be seeing if I can get into the world of computer science, going into a graduate program and see you know what can happen from there. And, and I think that's kind of another interesting area is within this mental health, the trying to uh, you know, make yourself happy. I think in today's current world, younger people, they're not kind of, you know, like, you know, my dad was, or like other people where they were at a job for 10, 20, 30 plus years. I think you're seeing a lot more younger people going to, or trying to go to work that act, that makes them at least happy. And uh, what, what do you think about that point, Adriana? Um, well, we've talked about that a lot. Um, I think there's, before I say how I feel about it, I think there's like some, um, you know, assumptions when you say that, like, oh, I want a job that makes me happy. Everybody should know that not every job, any job you have, there's going to be bad days. There's going to be days where you want to quit. There's going to be days, you know, it's just part of life. You have shitty days. It's part of life. But yeah, I would I would agree. I want a job where, you know, I'm at least content with or I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing, even in the hard days. You know, I feel like, you know, me and you, we don't have a kid. We don't, you know, we're, we're still figuring out life together. You know, I feel like, you know, why the hell not? You know, there's going to be a lot of people out there that say, oh, you know, you not every job's going to be you know, happy, you're not going to be happy. And that's unrealistic. I get it. That's awesome. That's your opinion. That's great. You know, but why not be picky with what we want to do? Why, you know, like we have the time we have, you know, the ability to do so. Why the hell not? You know, and um, just seeing you and your struggle with that. And me too, you know, I've kind of struggled with that as well. But um, you know, seeing you, it's kind of hard seeing your partner, you know, struggle. And, and I try to be, the, you know, as supportive as I can, but sometimes I feel like I'm a little rough, <laughs> you know, and, and it's more so because I love you and I want to see us succeed. And, and, you know, so it's been kind of tough, but yeah, I feel like there is, there is a such thing as, you know, being happy with what you do for a living. It's possible. And, and, you know, I feel like, why the hell not? That's my opinion. And kind of going back into a little bit of the documentary that we watched on Selena Gomez, My Mind and Me. It's on uh, Apple TV in case you're interested in watching the documentary. I think for a lot of people, I think you should, if you have the opportunity to watch that documentary, just to, you know, see the struggles that uh, I think sometimes... You know, we all go through 
And, you know, another interesting, you know, thing that uh, I, you know, saw in the documentary was she went back to her hometown. She went back to, I think, was it? Um, Texas. Her, whatever, it's, yeah, town in Texas. And she went back to some of the places that she grew up in. She went to old neighbors. She was walking down the street, seeing old people that she went to school with. And I think that's a interesting thing too that can uh, oh. help with your mindset because, you know, for me personally, you know, anytime you know I have a chance, I'll go back and drive down my old street on Mass. Grew up on and on you know in Belmont here in Pueblo. I'll, I'll go drive down Mass Street, then I'll go drive around Ben Franklin, then I'll go drive around East High School, and then when I go back to Arizona, I'll go back to, you know, the coolest park ever in Mesa Park at Pioneer Park. I go back to these things that to help me remember where I came from and, to, you know, understand that I'm not perfect, but it helped shape me. It I, I don't think I'm a terrible person and uh and I want to appreciate where I came from. I want to appreciate the fact that I grew up in a, you know, middle-class family. We, you know, my parents, they worked their asses off to make sure that all of us had essentially what we needed and a little bit more compared to uh, some other families. And I want to make sure that I appreciate where I came from, understanding that, uh, you know, my family wasn't rich and, and, you know, they didn't, um, you know, we had the opportunities though. They gave us the door. They gave us the keys to make anything of ourselves. And so I always want to go back to those, those moments to uh, help, you know, put, put into perspective and appreciate where I came from and appreciate the family, the, fact that my parents gave me and my sisters a lot they gave us so much to be able to then try to shape ourselves into the people we are today and you know one of my favorite you know kind of lines is from uh you know tyler perry movie medea goes to jail where uh, medea is in the jail and she talks about you know your parents you know they gave you food and they gave you shelter it's like you know it's tough to be pissed off at your parents and uh, so, you know, and that's kind of thing that I, that I really, you know, think about a lot where, you know, you, I reflect a lot about, uh, my childhood and where I came from and just seeing the fact that, you know, we had so much opportunities to shape ourselves. And so I think that's what was really interesting about that part in the documentary where, you know, Selena did go back to where she came from to, you know, get that comfort. Yeah, that was really nice to see. And I think she mentioned in there that um, she's really striving for like connection. And that's something I could relate to as well. Like, you know, we we talk about it all the time. We're like, we want connection with people. We want connect, more, more connection with our family and our loved ones and our friends. And, you know, so I could relate to that a lot. And yeah, I feel like, when we go visit my, my family back in California, it's, you know, it's so comforting. It's so nice. Like 
you know, these are the people that, that, you know, other than you, it's like, these are the people that know me inside and out. They accept you. They love you. They don't care if you're, you know, bitchy today. They don't care. They just love you for you and, and appreciate you for you. And so, yeah, it was it was pretty cool too, you know, like she's Selena Gomez and she's just right there with, you know, her old neighbors and people she went to school with, like nothing. And that was pretty awesome to see because, you know, and I feel like a lot of people, and maybe it's something as you get older where you realize like, oh yeah, I actually do want, you know, connection or, you know, and it's, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. And to kind of, you know, some last you know thoughts on the documentary the title itself i think is you know really uh i think it relates to a lot of people because the title is my mind and me and our mind is our worst enemy sometimes it holds us back from doing so much things that you know our our hearts on us to do i mean you think about for some people whether you know, your, you know, your mind's telling you or your heart's telling you, you know, man, I need to, you know, for example, say, get in better shape, go to the gym. But then your mind starts playing tricks with you where it's like, man, I'm out of shape. I don't look good. I don't, I'm not in shape. I'm not going to fit in well. People are going to judge me. Right. And, you know, we think about how much our minds just bite us sometimes. And a lot of times, it's honestly, it's not as bad as you think or what your mind is telling you. And so I think that is something that is a big takeaway from this documentary and just the title itself is your mind's going to, it's going to make things rough on you sometimes. And it's for you to try to get past that because, you know, you're the only one that's stopping you from doing anything. And if you let your own mind control you, then, of course, everyone else can control you if you can't even control yourself and do what's right for you. Yeah, I, you know, beautifully said. <laughs> um, did anybody else notice that she was playing We're Really Not Strangers on there? Did anybody else? I caught that. All right. That was pretty awesome because everybody know, or at least you know, babe, that I love me a good card game. And that one is an awesome card game. I recommend it. I don't. I know you don't, but you still play it anyways. I love you. Every single time or, you know, once in a while, Adriana, she'll go and find some card game, whether it's, you know, relationship, friendship, and you want to play? I think it'll be fun. And it's like, no, I don't want to play. I don't want to answer deep thoughts about myself. You know me. You're my wife. Why are we having these conversations being orchestrated by a damn game card? But but I will say, or at least the last time we played, did it or did it not make us have conversations we've never had before? I please the fifth. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Staying on the mental health topic and, you know, what we saw from the Selena Gomez documentary, what we kind of talked about earlier about this pressure that we put on ourselves for perfection, for things that we do. And it made me think about this past year 
And June of this year, me and my wife, we got married June 23rd, happiest day of my life. And but leading up to it, for those that have planned a wedding, you know, that can be it can be very stressful. And when we were when Adriana would be discussing things with about the wedding with her family, friends or whoever it might be, anytime someone would start to make a suggestion, it affected Adriana's mood. You could almost instantly see when someone would bring something up, it'd go from. And so I think it would be a good topic or, you know, this is a good discussion to get into because i think you know for adriana why would you get those feelings of kind of annoyance or anger when that was going on way to paint me as bridezilla i was definitely not a bridezilla okay guys i was not but yes i did get annoyed because like i don't know it was a stressful time I'm sure most brides feel this way where it's like, oh my God, everybody's throwing suggestions and ideas. And it's like, holy fuck, like, let me think about what I want, you know? And I think too, you know, I, my family, I love my family. I'm a part of my family and I'm guilty of this myself. My family could be a little judgmental. I'm sure others out there have a judgmental family as well. So you kind of want it to, be as good as it can be, you know? And that was my problem is I wanted it to be as good as it could be. And I kind of lost focus of, you know, what was really important, which was just a marriage ceremony itself between me and Michael. And, you know, people are gonna judge, people are just judgmental. And that's just part of life, you know, people judge all the time. And I think, day of the wedding is when i realized like who cares and all and two like michael set up the wedding i was kind of getting ready and he set it up and so i kind of had no choice but but not to worry and just leave it in his hands you know and and i'm i'm sure you guys don't want to see those wedding pictures because that arch oh my goodness it was crooked but oh wow we made it work Anyway. It was one per or it was me and my cousin Joey as the only two people setting up the wedding. And it wasn't like we had uh from the truck was a turn and set things up. We had to walk, you know, close to a quarter mile to go to local fifteen feet. That was no fucking fifteen feet. And so, you know, me and him, we had to carry you know, close to 80 chairs from our U-Haul truck that we had. We we had our wedding at Lake Beckwith and we had to park so far away because we couldn't pull the truck up where we wanted. And so we had to carry all the chairs, just two of us, and then the tables and then try to get the damn art set up. And so if maybe I would have had a little more help for someone that wasn't so late because our wedding was supposed to start at 9 a.m. And she didn't get there till close to 9.30. And when they did get there, when she and, you know, I love you guys. My so entourage. when I say this, the my in-laws, when they got there, they were taking pictures in the parking lot. 
And so I'm sitting there just, why the fuck are we taking pictures in the parking lot? The wedding's supposed to start at 9, not 9.45. And so, you know, I'm getting frustrated because going back to that perfection, you know, mindset, I'm some I'm I'm on Lombardi time. If you know you know the famous coach from uh, the Green Bay Packers, Coach Lombardi. If you're not early, you're late. And so when I see people that are late, or if I you know we have an event, such a big event like a wedding, and we're 30 minutes late, I'm losing my shit. And then so then the fact that I see them all finally pull up. And they're over there taking pictures, like. <laughs> oh, so, my goodness. So that's a little story about the wedding. But I think going back into the perfection and just that stress that we can sometimes get from the people that mean the most to us. Because I know, you know, for Adriana, when uh, you kind of, when we we're in the early phases of planning the wedding and we first, you know, kind of sent some pictures about where it would be. And some of your family said it looked like some, you know, lake that's in Ontario and that upsets you. And you were, you know, visibly upset. And you're like, if you guys, if you're going to complain about, it or you don't like it so much, I, you guys just not come, or at least, you know, that's what she was telling me. And so I guess, so why do we, why do you think, um, little comments like that, though, can affect you so much. Well, I think during that time planning the wedding, again, I, I knew and I know how judgmental my family can be. So I think I was extra sensitive during that time, unfortunately. And like, yeah, I wish thinking back, especially like on the last day where it's like the day of the wedding, where I had to like let go of all of that because I had no choice because we're about to get married. It is what it is. Whatever, whatever it looks like is what it looks like. You know, I, that was a freeing moment for me where it's like, okay, whatever it looks like, it looks like, you know, but I think before it was just a buildup of like pressure on myself and wanting wanting my family to have a good experience that's what it really came down to is that i wanted them to have a good experience and and like you know what i did or what we created you know and and in reality it's like i don't think they really cared what it looked like you know at least the people that genuinely loved us they didn't give a shit you know they didn't care what it looked like they were just happy to be there and celebrate with us so yeah it, it's trying i think in the future for whatever big event we have it's like just trying to remember that like they're not here for the glitz and glam at least your family the people that genuinely love you they're not here for you know what they can get from you they're here because they genuinely love you and you know and it's like that's what it comes down to i think and i i, I want to continue <clears throat> this conversation though about perfection and the stress that I think everybody puts on themselves. We're in such a world where everything is out on in the open. Where with social media, we have everybody putting on their best face, right? We have everyone putting on their best smile, the best you know performance of what their life looks like, right? And 
it i think you know social media it it has a really you know good part in our lives where we can be uh communicative with people from long distances and have that connection with people but then at the same time too it puts this level of perception of how we need to have our lives and so i think that uh, i think that puts a lot of pressure on us too because it's like man you know you might see other people doing xyz and or you know they have certain jobs and you're still trying to you know get your shit together and so you know you see those things on social media I think that's where then it starts, you know, your mind starts getting into your own head. It's like, why the fuck aren't you on top of your shit? Why aren't you at, you know, a certain level yet? Why aren't you making X amount of money? Why aren't you going on these trips? And uh, so I think social media has such a bigger role in, you know, a lot of people's confidence. Not saying that it's necessarily ours or how that you know, affected Selena Gomez when we were talking about her documentary but you know we all want to you know we all want to put on a good i guess you know be our best version of ourselves right and i think that's where so much in stress comes from yeah i feel like i don't know i struggle with that i feel like i agree where like you know, if you're on social media a lot and, you know, you're seeing people that you grew up with and they have these awesome jobs and it's like, oh, dang, you know, like what it makes you question yourself. Um, that's why I think it's important to take breaks because, yeah, I have I noticed that in the past with myself. And I think, you know, I, I try to take breaks or I try to minimize, you know, how many social media platforms I'm on. And I think that's important because we do compare ourselves to each other. And and even if you don't, like, some people, they, they absolutely will not admit to doing that, you know. And, and it's like we all do it. It's normal, you know. And I don't know. I feel like you if you do do that, like, try to find a way to use it as motivation. You know, it's like, oh, wow, they're doing great. What can I do in my life? to get in a better position, you know, like use that motivation and, you know, like it's, I don't know, just stop comparing yourself to other people. It's, I know it's easier said than done, but it's like when you focus on yourself and focus on trying to get better and, and be, be, be a better version of yourself and, and get to a better position. It's like, it's, that's a goal. And, and, I don't know. That's the way I see it. It's like, I'm happy for other people that are doing well. And, you know, all I can do is focus on myself and try to be the best version of me. And, you know, that's what it, I feel like what it should come down to. And yeah. Um, well, I think one of the biggest lies out there that you hear from people is the old saying, I don't give a fuck what people think. Oh, you know, yeah. How often do we hear oh i don't give a fuck what they think and unfortunately we all have you know we all give a fuck what people think we just you know care about what certain people think we obviously we want to have i think good relationship with our family and people we're closest with and so you know, we do give a fuck and i think what we do struggle with is then trying to 
I think being comfortable with who we are. I think that's what is the biggest thing is uh, I think being confident in who you are and what, you know, the person that you are. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody's going to be uh, Will Ferrell. Not everybody's going to be, um, you know, Megan Fox or whatever out there. It's like you're your own person. And it's like if you can be the best version of yourself, take pride in being the best version of yourself. I think that's the thing that might be lacking out there is just people taking pride in themselves and being the best version of themselves because I think a lot of people, they get comfortable with where they are and uh, and so they're not necessarily trying to you know, get better. It's just, oh, I'm in my own bubble and, that, and that's all that matters. And I think that's what kind of halts the growth of people and halts the... Uh, evolution of ourselves is because we we're not taking those steps to be the best version of ourselves yeah um i feel like we're we all do care about what people think but i feel like it's on a scale almost like we want to this is a scale right here we want to we care about what people think right here but the goal is to not care as least as possible. You know, I don't want to care what people think about me because in reality, it shouldn't fucking matter what they think about me. And, you know, and I think about like those, those viral old ladies on social media or even old men, you know, who just dress crazy and wear crazy makeup. It's like, I want to be that level of not giving a fuck, you know, where it's like, I could dress how I want to dress look how I want to look, do whatever the fuck I want to do and not care. Like that's a beautiful level to get to, you know? And I think that comes with just age and experience. I agree. You know, when you're younger, you're trying to fit into a crowd, trying to make certain friends, make relationships with certain people. And so then you, you know, if you're say, maybe not into sports, but you act like you're kind of into sports or, uh, if you're into rap or whatever, you know, area it could be where you try to then, I think, extend yourself too much where it's just not your authentic self. And so then, you know, when you're not your authentic self, then you really have to try hard, right? When, yeah, you know, you're just comfortable, you're, you know, you're just you. It's like, you know, you don't stress as much. And so I think that's the biggest takeaway from this conversation. That's a good point. I guess, you know, I, the million dollar question is, how do you know who you are? You know, and and I, I'm sure that comes with age as well. So that's all we have on this week's episode of Doing Our Worst. I hope you will follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, search Doing Our Worst. And I'm happy to announce that we are on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Samsung Podcast. So be sure, if you want to find us, just search Doing Our Worst on those platforms and keep listening to Doing Our Worst.